Now it's time for the rural news with Monique Steele. And Monique, a US startup developing a supplement to slash cows' methane emissions is getting backing from New Zealand. Tenakwe, yes, North Carolina company Hoofprint Biome has developed a feed supplement with natural enzymes that's reduced methane emissions by 80% in lab trials on artificial rumen. AgriZero NZ, a joint venture of New Zealand agribusiness giants like Fonterra and Silverfern Farms and the government, is getting behind the project with a $4.1 million investment. AgriZero Executive Director Wayne McNee says the product is in its early stages of development but is already showing promise. We're looking all over the world for things to invest in. We have made some investments in New Zealand. Our first three investments were New Zealand-based. You know, some research is being done in New Zealand, but lots of research being done in the United States and in Europe. So we're looking to invest in technologies wherever they are, as long as they'll work in a New Zealand system and the company commits to bring the products to us in New Zealand. Part of the agreement we have with the founders of Hoofprint is that they will definitely bring the technology to New Zealand when they've fully developed it. They'll do the necessary research in New Zealand to get it approved here, regulatory approvals. Mr McNee says it will take some time before the product is into New Zealand farmers' hands. In terms of time frame to get product to market, so there's probably about 18 months more research to do in the animal trials to prove the product works in animals as opposed to in artificial rumen where they've been doing the research so far. And then after that, there'd be a process to go through to get regulatory approval. So probably another couple of years of research in animals in New Zealand to, to get the regulatory approvals. So, so probably four years from now, hopefully. Wayne McNee says AgriZero NZ has $165 million over three years to spend on technologies and products to reduce agricultural emissions. After five and a half years, Simon Limmer is stepping down as chief executive of Silverfern Farms. He'll stay in the role during the transition to a new chief executive and will remain involved with the company in a strategic role going forward. Silverfern Farms co-chair Rob Hewitt says while Mr Limmer was in charge, the company's financial performance, investment and returns all increased. The search for a new chief executive is underway. Regional councils around the country are looking to onboard around 300 new independent staff to certify the new freshwater farm plans. The plans will be rolled out region by region and will need to be in place by the end of 2025. Farmers and growers with 20 hectares or more in arable or pastoral or 5 hectares or more in horticulture will all need one. Warwick Murray, director of Te Uru Kahika, the collective of regional councils, says it's still early days, but they hope the first regions in the, in the rollout, Waikato and Southland, will have certifiers on board by the end of the month. The last I heard, we were up over 50 who had applied to be certifiers. Over time, we're going to need probably a little over 300, I would imagine. But most areas of New Zealand won't be, um, become subject to the regulations until the, toward the end of 2025. So the big workload is going to happen in that period um, where we will need to have quite a few more certifiers. And then ultimately auditors who will be checking to make sure actions are, have been implemented. That's Warwick Murray.
More than 1,200 submissions have been made on the government's plan to defer agriculture falling under the emissions trading scheme. The government has been working with the industry to develop an on-farm levy to pay for emissions through Hewaka Ekanoa. However, if that falls through, agriculture will go into the emissions trading scheme by January next year. To allow more time to create a pricing scheme outside the ETS, the government proposed deferring that until January 2026. A summary of the submissions will be sent to ministers next week. Time to get the latest from the sale yards around the country. I caught up with our regular guest, Suze Bremner of AgriHQ, earlier today. Well, we've had a bit of a late surge of old-season lambs, actually, to market this week, and that's been thanks to mainly to the second fielding Martin Hoggett Fair, 8,000 lambs at Stortford, and also a good showing of Corridale and half-bred lambs at Tamuka. Now, the latter were two feature consignments of mixed sex, and the freshly shorn Corridale sold for $119 to $151, and the half-bred lambs made $109 to $121. Now, the warmer days and more sunshine on the east coast of the North, North Island has finally allowed lambs to get some bloom on them and finish, and several large finishers from Manawatu and Hawke's Bay have been active this week as they re-enter the lamb market. So that helped sales at Stortford where 60% of the yarding were ewe lambs and they sold on a stronger market. Most sold for $123 to $145, while the mixed ewe and weather lambs that came from the Chatham Islands made similar money. So the second fielding Martin Hoggett Fair was also well supported by buyers. The lambs there were absolute thumpers and the very heavy lines sold for $145 to $184. And store cattle action was all go again this week too, eh, with some feature sales around the country? Yeah, that's right. We had some a lot more store cattle on the market again, which is typical for this time of year. At Taranaki, there was one line of 452 year Hereford steers that made $3.90 a kilo, while the same breed two-year heifers actually sold as resip cattle for $3.39 to $3.45 a kilo. At Matafero, they had their monthly fair and the top traditional yearling steers sold for $4 to $4.08 a kilo. And finally, at Tamuka, there were just over 1,100 cattle offered with some good traditional and dairy beef lines on offer. Now, two-year steers averaged $3.14 to $3.20 a kilo and the heifers were $2.88 to $2.92. And yearling traditional heifers averaged $815 per head and the dairy beef were $630. And just lastly, to Australia, where a Speckle Park bull has set a new world record price for its breed. Named Shady, the bull sold for 150000 Australian dollars at the auction in Kempsey, New South Wales, this week. Owners Andrew and Brooke Paff told the ABC they were ridiculously shocked by the sale and didn't expect it in light of low cattle prices. And that's the rural news for this week. Kia pai tera. Kia ora, Monique.